All right. Hello and welcome. This is Shock Monkey Radio. I'm your friendly neighborhood madman. Lowercase. I'm here with the Hill Hippie and EK the DJ. Woo-hoo. Hello, everybody. Hi. Yeah, uh, EK's here too. Yeah. Did somebody take him off his medication? I think so. No, he he took he took double his medication. That's oh, right on. So he'll be twice as productive. <laughs> That's him OCDing in the background. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so we usually start with our weekends. How was your weekend, Hill Hippie? You know what I did. Tell me. I worked Saturday and Sunday. I went mushroom hunting. Oh, okay. Did you find any? I know it's been like, you're still getting some? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I probably brought home about 10 pounds worth. <laughs> Puffballs and honey mushrooms. Well, I know, it's, you know, because it's been wet and kind of warm. Yeah, this time of year, you know, yeah, it's been, been a lot of mushrooms, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm usually by November, I'm done. You know, not I, I ain't going out there for what could potentially be a find of a pound if I'm lucky. Right. But with this weather that we've had, you know, and I've been reading comments from people all across the country, it's been one of the best mushroom hunting years for decades because of all the rain. Kind of makes me worry about next year. I think we just have the drought or something. No, just if we have a standard year, I'm going to feel like I didn't get any. It's, it's just not as much. You'll feel you'll feel disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Be, this year's inadequate. It's just not sizing up. You're you're getting spoiled on the mushroom. I am. I am. So mushroom hunting. Anything else? Nah. Huh? Nah. Well, cool. I'm congratulations on your ten pounds of fungi. Honey balls. Hun- honey balls. Okay. Honey mushrooms and puff balls. Honey balls. Well, enjoy them. I know I won't. I will enjoy my honey balls. Because I don't eat that kind of stuff. I eat, I like I like to eat candy. <laughs> uh, you know. Did you go trick or treating? Yes. Did you go as Donald Duck? No, 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 no. Okay. Absolutely not. What'd you Absolutely. go as? I didn't. I didn't go trick or treating. Oh. I went trick or treating with my niece, which means that I got to inspect her candy. You know, and how much of it got inspected into your pockets? It's still, I still have a bunch left. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you're, uh, I don't know your niece's name, and I wouldn't say it on the air anyway. But if you're listening, Uncle Madman's got your candy. You need to come kick him in the shin. She's entirely too young to be listening. I've yes, she's too young. <laughs> to be I'm entirely listening. too young to be listening, but I'm part of it. I've, this is why I've explicitly told her not to listen to our show. Because of me? <laughs> no, because I'm going to spill secrets about taking her candy. Ah. But uh, I was sitting there last last night, you know, just enjoying a bunch of candy for, left over from Halloween. And I came up with this list of, like, the top seven candy flavors. Top seven candy flavors. All right. Number seven, orange. I had to put it in there somewhere. Number six, green. Green. Green is, a, green is not a flavor. It most certainly is. What flavor? It's green. Green. And then number five is yellow. Number four, best flavor, color, is blue. Number three is violet. Number one, number two is indigo. And the number one candy, candy flavor is red. All right. So I, I, I just want to say this. Next time you get your hands on some LSD where you're tasting colors, give me a call. Let me party with you. I don't. I don't. That's the only way you taste colors. Red is a color. Yes, red is a color, and it's a flavor. No, 
All right. How about orange? Orange is the only one that's accurate on that list. I'm sorry. They're all accurate. No, they're not all These accurate. These are all flavors, bro. No, they're not. These are all flavors. Blue is like the best. Is like uh, is like one of the but best. Red, Gat- okay, red. Like li- the best Gatorade is blue Gatorade. Yeah, and it's called Cool Blue, and it's based off raspberry. I no. Yes. No. Yes. It's blue. Mm-hmm. The flavor is blue. No, it's not. My list. It is. It's my list. Yes, not it is. Yours. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying everything on uh, every word on the list except for the first one is wrong. So that so that's that's what I did this weekend was make a. You sound awful liberal today, telling someone else their opinion is wrong. <laughs> I didn't say their opinion was wrong. I said their list was wrong. <laughs> My list is not wrong. From somebody who likes to uh, correct grammar. <laughs> Okay, so um, that was my weekend. Uh, I hope you voted today. If not, please stop listening to this podcast. Go do your civic duty and come back. This show will still be here. We'll still be on the Mixler show reel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna, we can set it up on the uh, RSS feed later tonight. The show will still be here. Uh, from what I hear, you know, you can still get there by 7. You know, you got, you got what, 54 minutes? You can do it. Yeah, as long as you're in line before 7, they have to let you go in and make your voice be heard. So go vote if you haven't already, and we'll still be here for you to enjoy. enjoy. So we'll see you later when you're done with that. Bye! Hey, welcome back. Glad you did your civic duty. Um, so, um... Yeah, oh, no, me? No, I didn't vote. I disqualified myself from voting. I'm a madman. You can't trust me. (laughs) Do as I say. Don't do as I do. All right, so that was just my get out the vote segment that I wanted to do because, hey, you should. Hoorah! All right, so let's just uh, jump right right into the mailbag. Um, So if you want me to read your emails on our show, uh, maybe answer any questions you got, you can email me at madman at fxbgpr.com. So let's go to our first email. Hello, madman. Hello, listener. Um, would you like to add five to seven inches in length or one to three seven inches in girth? To, uh, oh, wait, this is an ad. Okay, uh, we're going to skip this one. And we'll go to the other email. <coughs> um, uh, Dear Shock Monkey Radio, on 02 November 2018 at 1.11 a.m. EDT, there was a failed attempt to log into your Patreon account. Oh, wait, this is a notif- notification email from... Patreon, in, t- in regards to our Patreon slash Shock Monkey Radio page. Uh, yeah, so I guess we, we're not doing a mailbag today. Oh. Uh, yeah, so, but, you know, e- be sure to email me at madman at fxbgpr.com. I feel and I'll, so, and I'll read your emails. I feel so dejected. Don't y'all love us? Well, I, I got excited because I got two new emails, and I was like, all right, I'm going to read them. I'm going to read them on the air. Yeah. And you didn't I think guess, the, I, I guess I should have pre... You should have proofread? Yeah. That yeah, might have been okay. a smart idea. My bad. That's my bad, people. That's my bad. Yeah, save the, di- uh, the dick jokes for me. <laughs> all right. Um, I meant you... read that last statement. Yeah, I, I, that's why I want to just move past it. All right, so um, I brought up this... Uh, uh, topic on Lost in the Long Box, and I think it's worth repeating. Uh, might even slow down for you guys to chime in. Um, yeah, doing the research for the, the Lost in the Long Box show, I kind of started thinking about who framed Roger Rabbit a lot, like way too much. And so uh, that movie, uh, uh, it was Betty Boop. It was Betty Boop in, uh, selling cigarettes and cigars in the nightclub 
and she's black and white. And she's complaining that, like, now the tunes have gone to color, there's not a whole lot of work for her, and that's why she's doing that, working that gig. Yeah, yeah she's got to pay for uh, yeah. pay for food, pay for her booze. Does she have to pay for food? We'll, we'll come back. We'll circle back around to that. All okay? right. Um, and so I was thinking, I did a quick quick search on YouTube, and I was like, yeah, there's definitely a color version of Betty, Betty Boop, Boop. Yeah. So are there two iterations of Betty Boop living in that world? One that's in color and getting all the work and the black and white one that's reduced to peddling tobacco? Racism and tunes. What the hell? What's going on? Is, well, there's a Popeye, like a black and white Popeye, and then there's a color Popeye. Uh-huh. So are there two different Popeyes, like getting in fights at the grocery store? Who's going to get the canned spinach? Yeah, but they leave the fresh spinach alone, right? Oh, of course. that You, you, you never, never seem to get fresh yeah. spinach. The canned stuff's pre-cooked. Ready to eat. Preservatives that make it strong. You know what? You might be onto something there. <laughs> the, uh, the first mutant. And he died at 33. <laughs> All the preservatives. And in uh, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, there was also um, a color Mickey Mouse there towards the end. Yeah. And I was wondering, you know, the first Mickey Mouse was a Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse. Right, so the black w- and white one. Yeah, so I wonder, is there... Is there a black and white, weird-looking Mickey Mouse that, like, can't speak? All he can do is... <laughs> Just protect. whistle? No, like, he per- per- purses his lips and, like, little notes fly out of it. Oh, that's right, because like, it was the Asylum tune. movie time. Yeah. Yeah, so... And I, yeah, is he's, he out of work because nobody uses steamboats anymore, or... And maybe he's just driving around garbage barges, you know? Nobody can hear him complain how this, how this job sucks now. No, just drive the boat. Come on, that's what you, that's what you were drawn for. Yeah, they, that, and that's what they say. Uh, uh, they were drawn that way. That's mm. what Jessica Rabbit says. Don't, don't hate me. I, I was I, drawn that way. I'm not bad. I was just drawn that way. Yeah, and so that it kind of you know, begs the question, you know, how exactly are these things created? You know, um, and are there are there any like legal responsibilities that the artist has for creating these this life? How they were created? It's a magical time. The lights are low. The artist sits down to his easel. The phallic pencil beats the waiting paper, can and we, a tune is born. Can we skip? <laughs> skip. Yeah, but I mean. Think about the responsibility of creating a sentient shoe. If you're the artist who drew the, the pair of shoes that were living, had eyes on them, and were cuddling Doom's foot and stuff like that, wouldn't you have some sort of legal responsibility to that tune? Legal how? Like it's your child. Like you created it. You gave gave it life. What about Acme and the, uh, the singing sword? Did somebody draw that thing just to sing songs? Maybe. That's friggin' weird. So what you're looking at here, since you want to glaze over the fun part of the tune creation, is you want to get straight into who's paying the tune child support. Right. Cause you look, take the fun out of everything. All right, what you, what you want to talk about? Let's talk about Roger Rabbit's life, the way he lives his life. Let's talk about the handcuffs. All right? Mm-hmm. He introduced the handcuffs. Right. All right? And he's like, idiot, I have no keys for these cuffs, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the hilarity ensued because they, he was tethered to Eddie. Right. They finally get to the speakeasy. The hooch parlor. You know, and, and he's about to saw off the cuffs through his own wrist, apparently. Right. Um, and he says, hold still, will you? And that's when Roger slips out of the handcuffs. Right. And he goes, you mean you could have got out of them at any time? 
Not at any time. This is what Rogers answered. Not at any time. Only when it was funny. Mm-hmm. He introduced the handcuffs. Right. For the sake of it being funny. Mm-hmm. And the only time he could get out of him was when it was funny for him to get out of him, to no longer be tethered to Eddie. That's the world he lives in. The, he, the only things that he can do are things that will be funny. Right. What a nightmare. What kind of existence is that? Oh, man, poor Roger. Poor Roger. But he was like one of the biggest stars, so and he had the prettiest wife. You know, he had the bank. You know, so he could. It, yeah, it sounds like a pain in the ass, but it, it came with perks. I just wonder if, like, um, also when it comes to, like, Jessica, drawing a sexy tune like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would you create that other than uh, banging Betty Boop is kind of weird? Because <laughs> she doesn't necessarily really look like a woman. So... <laughs> And she make a lot of squealing noises. It'd be really annoying. And then, you know, so you create this Jessica character, right, who eventually marries a cartoon rabbit. Uh, okay, whatever. And so and I just wonder if the artist... Because was just, it was funny. That's why... I think he was just thinking. It's like, I wonder if we can bang the tunes. And so that's why you created Jessica Rabbit, or Jessica, before mm. she got married. Well, and so he, um, you know, he made this character, and then he realizes, like, they don't have sex. They play patty cake. Right. And that's why there's no, like, tune brothels or anything like that. Yeah. But I assume. You know, I assume. But, you know, in the movie, it was established that tune, there was tune and human relations. Yeah. Uh, it was it was funny. A funny thing that she said, uh, Dolores said. It's like dabbling in watercolors, Eddie. Mm-hmm. And it was a good joke, but then it makes me wonder, do they make tunes out of watercolor? And you what could. happens if it rains? <laughs> Those tunes can't go outside, dude. They live in an underground network of tunnels. But it kind of explains the dip, all right? Because it's all these chemicals that would destroy celluloid and the, and the kind of paints that were used at the time, mm-hmm. lead-based stuff. <laughs> so, uh, stuff that's great for you. Yeah. And uh, and the dip would destroy... That, that would be the only thing that could destroy them. Mm-hmm. And so, unless you made a watercolor version... And it rained. But uh, that's the thing. You don't need dip for watercolors. Oh, you need that's a bucket need. of water. Exactly. But here's the thing. The the main uh, villain of the movie, he might have had a hidden agenda that just didn't make it into the final cut, where he knew that the uh, the lead-based paints that were used to make the tunes was poisoning the planet. So he was his intention was to wipe out the, all the tunes so that the human beings would survive. We were rooting for the wrong people the entire time, man. It could be. Could be. It's possible. But I mean, it just, I don't know. That movie got in my head way too much. Yeah. yeah. I, I went on a deep dive on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You know, uh, but you know, you know, Jessica, the original version, Jessica Rabbit flashed hoo ha. Did what? Flashed hoo ha when uh, she was knocked out of the car. The, no, I never saw that. Yeah. There, there are some people who went frame by frame looking for it. Flashed hoo-ha. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but... I'm guessing... I've never seen it myself. Upskirt. Oh, oh, okay. Boring. <laughs> I'm more interested in a talking car that can drive itself, but what happens to him when somebody else takes the wheel? Can he take over whenever he wants? Or is he, like, strictly 
an object at that point. I think it would be more like the uh, you know student driver cars, where the student driver has control of the car until the teacher Can takes take control and it overrides what they're doing. I think that's what the the car that drives itself would be. It's like if he's all right, you're driving. Uh, you, hey, you're doing something stupid. Fuck you. Now I'm doing. Well, Benny, that was his name, Benny the Cab. Yeah, that was it. With the New York accent. Yeah, I'd rather have a Benny the Cab than a Johnny Cab from Total Recall. Because <laughs> those those seem like the worst thing ever. <laughs> Creepy. Yeah. Anyway, that's my... Uh, have a nice day. Yeah, that's my uh, deep dive on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Anyway, I got the next section here. We got EK Catches Up in Hill Hippie's Garden. Does EK need to catch up or is he all right? Hey, um, if you, you guys should probably go out and vote today. Uh, there's only 40, yeah, what time? 43 minutes left. Yeah, they, they, they um, close at 7. Yeah. They close at 7. And as long as you're in line before 7, you can vote. Uh, and we don't mind else, if you go. Yeah, you can stop the show right now because we're on iTunes and, and other places where you can listen to podcasts after the fact. Yeah. But doing your civic duty, and it doesn't matter what you vote, who you vote for. What matters is that you vote and you get involved. Exactly. You want your opinion to be heard, you know, let it be heard. Yeah. Uh, go go ahead and go stand online. You can listen to our podcast. We're not going to be sitting here spouting things about you know who you should vote for we're gonna be talking about betty boop and plus if you're into listening live you could just load up the mixler app and listen live in the in line, line. while you're voting mm-hmm. yeah you got earbuds right right i, I think that yeah have you, you, caught have you guys up, mentioned buddy. that yet yeah actually it was like one of the first things i guess that's me catching up okay love you ek all right hill hippies garden what we got growing today bro so I came across a, a very sad story well, sad songs say so much. It does. And there's something to be ga- uh, gained from this story, which is why I'm bringing it up. It's a story of a rugby player from Australia who, when he was 19 years old, drinking with his buddies, swallowed a slug on a dare. Oh, what? What, what kind of slug? It doesn't say just swallowed a slug. How big was it? Does it say? It doesn't say the size. Of the why? Slug. Why? 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 The length and girth of the slimy thing that went into his mouth oh. was is not pertinent information to the story. I think it's relevant. You want to know if he gagged? It's making me gag. What it's you- almost guaranteed that he gagged. Continue with your garden. <laughs> There's slugs in the garden. It, it's apparently per- it's relevant. <laughs> it is. It it fits. So, in 2010, this 19-year-old, and I'll leave his name out. If you're interested in the story, you can find it on other news sources to find out that type of information. You say other news sources like we're a news source. Yeah. Okay. Continue. We're twisted news. Yeah. We got the news worth knowing, so we are a news source. Okay. Fair enough. Continue. Thank you. They were sitting over at his uh, their buddy's house, wanting to act a little more adult, having a red wine appreciation night. Red wine? A red wine appreciation night. Okay. That's adult. Adult? And then you end up... Swallowing a slug. Yeah, I guess adults do that. 19, huh? They Yeah, they <laughs> saw the slug, and the conversation came up. Should I eat it? And then he ran off and went bang, and that's how it happened. 
Read that quote again, but with like an Aussie accent. No. And, he, and then he ran off and, and went bang. Still doesn't make sense. No. And that's how it happened, mate. That's not a slug. This is how you eat a slug. You've met rugby players, though, right? No. Okay. They're like our football players. Right. I figured. Yeah. Field hockey players, lacrosse players. Eat the slug. Yeah. Eat the slug. Eat the slug. Eat the slug. <laughs> After downing the slug, uh, this gentleman became weak and complained of severe pains in his legs, according to... In his legs? In his legs. That's not good, man. According to the Sunday Post. And after some time, he got worried and told his mom what he did. And <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'm, I'm picturing me telling my mom that I did that. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Uh, you can go on. <laughs> <laughs> you good? <laughs> and his mom responded, no, 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 no one gets sick from that. <laughs> Hell, how, doctors had to tell them otherwise. He had caught a parasite from this slug. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. He caught the rat lungworm. Rat lungworm? Rat lungworm. Rat lungworm disease is caused by this parasitic worm, and I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce the scientific name for it. This parasite lodged itself into the lungs of rats and is later uh, excremented... Oh, man. By the rat, where other gastropods, slugs, snails, such things, will ingest on the rat excrement, and the process continues on. Life finds a way. Fish, however, do not spread this parasite. Oh, man. Humans can be infected if they eat the raw or undercooked contaminated animals or vegetables carrying unseen snails or slugs that have not been thoroughly washed. Unlike in rats, the worm life cycle in humans is not completed. So instead of passing through the, the digestive tract, you know, we're like condos to them. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. there is so much room here. I, I don't want to leave. <laughs> and they can get lost and travel to the brain and will stay there. Oh, man. Oh, I feel sick. This parasite is not passed from human to human. But <laughs> when it gets to the brain, you can have... Uh, a form of meningitis, which is an inflammation of the mem- membrane surrounding the brain and spinal, col- uh, spinal cord. Jeepers. So, yeah. Oh, man. Come on, air. Stop calling me. Symptoms include uh, headaches, nausea, vomiting, fever, and a stiff neck. Wow. So, after eight years of being infected by this... Uh, rat, uh, rat lungworm, rat lungworm, rat lungworm. Hashtag pound the rat lungworm. <laughs> this gentleman has died, but not without oh, going through a series of medical problems over the past eight years, including going into a, co- a coma that lasted 420 days. Oh my god! Eventually paralyzing him completely, uh, to the point where his mental faculties were not impaired at all. The people who knew him could tell that he was still in there, but he could only move his body in the smallest bits through the most extreme of uh, exertion. Here's the what we need to take away from this garden. Don't eat slugs? Yes! 
Are you fucking kidding me? At least cook it? Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. Escargot is delicious. It's a gastropod. It could potentially carry this lungworm, but it's destroyed by the cooking process. If he had cooked it, it if he'd have cooked it, he'd have been he'd have been alive. Yeah. Uh, when I read this article, I was originally going to go with Australia. Everything in Australia is time to kill you. Now, this was just poor planning. Yeah. Lack of execution. I don't want to speak ill of the dead. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to say, hmm, dumbass. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of accurate. Yeah, dumbass. That's, uh, my, my heart bleeds for this family and for this I, gentleman for what he suffered for the last eight years. Yeah. That's and horrible. I'm glad that he is no longer suffering. Yeah. And he's moved beyond his physical form into the spiritual. But please, please, dear listeners, don't make me read the story about you who have eaten a slug and made yourself. I have I have a lot of confidence that our listeners have enough intelligence not to do that. These guys were drinking. I don't think a lot of people do stupid shit while drinking. What I mean is that I don't think I have a lot of um, rugby players listening to our podcast. That's, <laughs> that's just me. And if I, I may be wrong, go ahead and email me if you if you're a rugby player and you're pissed off right now. It's like, man, I totally love your podcast. You know, I understand. Why are you talking shit about me? I know, I know. It's just that, where you at? Well, kick your ass. <laughs> They're gonna come find me. <laughs> Hope you got a passport because <laughs> you're not in America. <laughs> yeah, here they play lacrosse. Yeah, guys like that play lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Nah. Um, the chicks play field hockey. Uh, field hockey, I could watch that all day long. And oh. volleyball, women's volleyball. Oh man! Oh, the thighs of those ladies. I, yeah, they could crack walnuts. And they're like six foot tall. It's like it's like watching Wonder Woman and her friends hang out and play just games <laughs> together. It's it's, it's amazing. <laughs> You're just, you've arrived in, uh, the mascara, in, Am- yeah. Yeah, in the mascara and you're just like, oh, they're so pretty. They can exactly. sn- break me in half, but I love, I love every second I of it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I have a segment here called thank you for your service. Um, so I was in line at Wawa and a guy was wearing this, uh, USMC retired hat and he got in line behind me. Uh, we made eye contact. It was a quick nod and hello. And that's just the extent of our in- interaction. That's how ex-military types interact with each other. But another guy got in line behind the jarhead, and we both turned up uh, to size him up, military habits, you know. Um, and the third guy sees the USMC retired hat, and uh, he perks up and starts going, oh, wow, Marine Corps, uh, thank you for your service, shaking the guy's hand vigorously. And he's like, oh, I have a nephew in the Army. Do you know him? Oh, <laughs> where'd you serve? Where'd, what'd you do? Et cetera, et cetera. He's just going on and on, you know. And I could not pay for my items and get out of that Wawa fast enough because I knew what was coming inside me. Uh, that Marine, he was so polite, and he thanked the guy many times. And uh, so I pay, and I get to the car, and once outside, I started laughing my head off at what I just witnessed. Um, and as I'm doing this, as I'm laughing my head off inside my car, this is the time the retired Leatherneck uh, comes out and starts – he sees me laughing my head off and starts laughing as well as he walks by. <laughs> right. Um, and we, we have this uh, another, you know, knowing nod between us. <laughs> and he, uh, he walked off. But the point is, this is why I don't wear my ex-Navy stuff. Because I would hate to be put on the spot like that with some civilians who have no idea what being in the military is really like. You know, I, I never fired a gun for the military. Yeah, you know, right. some civilians think that we're all trained killers. Like, I know eight ways to disavow you. I worked in communications in the Navy. Mm-hmm. I never fired a gun for the Navy. I 
you know, I went to a range myself because I wanted to learn. Navy, I thought the Navy was going to teach me before I went in. They didn't teach you in boot camp? Yeah, they taught you a little bit about it, but you never fired one. Yeah. So Full one. Metal Jacket was wrong? No, well, I wasn't in the Marine Corps. In the Marine Corps, you would fire. But mm. I was in the Navy. We're going into communications. They teach you how to sail? Well, no. <laughs> we don't the, use sails. Did they teach you how to use a rowboat? What? Rowboat? No. no. Did, what the hell did they teach you? Like three knots and push-ups. That's mainly what I remember. For four years. I'm kidding. There's a blue jacket manual. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And it's funny that uh, um, I hate to call back to the Stolen Valor guys. It's like they they just don't understand how they stick out like a sore thumb. Because when um, when guys like us, ex-military types, go out in public, we're not out there looking for accolades. We don't want you to say, thank you for your service. All right, because mostly, you know, if you actually did serve with more distinction than me in terms of fighting wars, Mm -hmm. you know, I was fixing PowerPoint slides. (laughs) So, I mean, and somebody says to me, thank you for your service. And it's like, look, man, it was like it was an office that floats. That's all. You know, I wasn't doing any great heroic stuff. So that's why, I mean, that's why these Stolen Valor guys is like, you can't, you can't be pulling that stuff off. You stick out like a sore thumb because <laughs> even people who are like out there, you know, putting lead on target, you know, the true heroes of this nation are not out there going, you know, wearing their uniforms in public because the last thing they want is some jackass civilian coming who has no idea what they do coming up and is like, oh, hey, what's up? I was like, what's your job called? What's that? Oh, I have a nephew who's in the army as well. Do you know him? And, yeah, because they all know each yeah. other. It's, a, I, it's just one of those things this week that struck me as hilarious. I thought I'd, thought I'd mention it. I don't know. It's just like, it seems like a retired uh, Marine Corps guys is like, Marine Corps is different in the sense that, that they always want their uniform near them, whether it's a hat or a bumper sticker or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Marine Corps are very zealous. All right. The word I'm going to use this time. It's the kindest. Zealous heart servicemen? Well, I mean, it's like that uh, that scene in A, F- a Few Good Men where it's like, uh, those those Marines down there at Guantanamo are fanatical. I, I thought it was funny because she said down there in Guantanamo, like, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what are they fanatical about? About me and being Marines. It's like, that's what Marines are. They're fanatical. And that's okay, I guess. Uh I mean, they face the you know the tough shit for real, but I don't know. I prefer using my brain to help help our, our nation, so I can get out and do things like podcasts. Yes, and those were some very important powerpoints. They actually, were I can't really go into detail about what they were, but I mean, there's all sorts of funny stories about like uh, uh, sailors that get drunk in a port and they like fall off a pier and then. That's technically a man overboard. They get tro- in trouble. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was funny for me because it was, you know, around the turn of the century, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, moving into one age to another, all these computers. I'm on the cutting edge of technology <laughs> and information. And these are the stories that are still coming out. It's like, drunken sailor falls in water. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Always fun. Always fun. So I wonder if we can get... I got these six news stories for the news worth knowing. I wonder if we can... Get a half hour out of it. 
but first, I want to tell you to please go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio and please become a patron. And um, we will love you forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Um, forever and ever? Yeah, forever ever. And we also have um, a group on, what, a page on Facebook called Shock Monkey Radio Redux. That's where I will have a bunch of beers, and then next thing you know, I'm putting watching a bunch of Queen videos, or I'm ranting about how I hate you. Just that's how I how I go how it rolls. Fun times. Yeah. And then you can like if you read one of my rants, and you're just like you're you know you want to send me an email, madman at fxbgpr.com. That's where you can email me at with your ire, your vitriol. Mm-hmm. If you need to look up those words, you consider consider the fact that I know those words before you send me an email. Um, also, check out my YouTube channel. Search for the Madman Lowercase or FXBG Public Radio. It should come up until the FXBG Public Radio channel starts making better videos than me. <laughs> and I doubt they will because I'm badass. I'm I'm, I'm pretty awesome. Why do you laugh through your nose? I'm I was listening to all these shows. I was a snore. Your nose. Oh, you're snoring? Mm-hmm. All right. You want to talk about Jim Carrey and Ted Cruz? Sure. All right. Ted Cruz fires back at Jim Carrey's vampire attack with a shot at Democrats. That's my radio voice. All right. Liberal Hollywood actor Jim Carrey and GOP Texas Senator Ted Cruz engaged in a continuous back and forth on Twitter Monday just hours before voters in the state head to polling stations to help determine Cruz's fate in the Senate. Cruz is holding a slight lead in his race against Democratic Representative Beto O'Rourke in the Lone Star State, according to recent polls. So Kerry, a vocal liberal, liberal who recently urged Americans to stop apologizing and say yes to socialism, <laughs> got into the fray by tweeting his support for the Democrat. I just want to like give, give you a little subtext right now. I know I'm not trying to be political or anything like that. It's just that this exchange is so delicious. I have to mention it. But don't let it influence your vote. Hopefully you're back by now and you're listening to our show. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, Ace Ventura, I'm sorry. What's his name? Jim Carrey <laughs> tweeted, uh, go Beto, go Democrats, vote like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> Let's make this Tuesday uh, like the end of every great vampire movie. Pull back the curtains and let the sunshine turn all those bloodsuckers to dust. I forgot to do my radio voice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Bloodsuckers. The tweet accompanied the actor's art showing O'Rourke opening a window curtain as Cruz fled from sunlight. <laughs> it's kind of a funny picture. You should check it out. Yeah. Hollywood liberals are all in for Beto, Cruz soon tweeted in response. But self-described socialist Jim Carrey made a mistake here. Vampires are dead, and everyone knows the dead vote Democrat. (laughs) Zing! Zing, Ted Cruz! I think he's going to hold on to his seat. You're doing stuff like that on Twitter. Uh, That's pretty good. And I'm not going to get into, like, talking about how I've lost respect for Jim Carrey over the years and so forth. Because that's not relevant. I'm not trying to influence anyone's political ideology. I just think that, you know, we all live in this world now where <laughs> there's these 
you, you know, you get in these message boards and stuff like that. And uh, we had back in the days, back in the turn of the century, back when I was making PowerPoint slides and so forth, um, there are message boards. And then you see some these two people getting into an argument on a message board and stuff like that. It, it's like that, only now you know it's Jim Carrey and Ted Cruz, you know, bickering on a message board somewhere. And I think that that is incredibly entertaining. So fun. Anyway, that's as political as I'm getting today. All right. Old school antenna. What? What, what? Are you do? what are you doing over there? Are you getting public access or something like that? Yeah. from? CBS. Oh, the vote the, from the polls? Yeah. But I'm cool. using a fucking antenna. Oh, cool. He's, yeah, OCDing over there. You guys been, yeah, OCD. Um, next news story. Moms are wearing babies' umbilical cords as jewelry. That snapped, that snapped DK out of it. Doting moms are so attached to their newborn babies that they're holding on to their children's umbilical stumps as keepsakes and turning them into jewelry. The stump is part of the umbilical cord that stays on the child's stomach after the cord is cut. It falls off naturally within 7 to 21 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruth Avra, a jewelry designer based in Florida, was inspired to make umbilical stump bobbles in 2012. <laughs> you like that? Umbilical stump bobbles. <laughs> uh, it takes an absurd idea and at least makes it funny. <laughs> uh, this, this happened in, 19, in 2012. I almost said 1912. When she gave birth to her son shortly after her best friend, who also welcomed a boy. I put... Oh, wow. I'm reading this quote. Okay. <clears throat> I put both stumps next to each other on the table. <laughs> Lightning bolt struck, and I had a plan. Avra told the post. <laughs> oh, my God. Two, the two umbilical stumps were on the table. Lightning struck, and they became Franken-stumps. After Avra made the stumps into necklaces, she decided to do the same thing, same for other mothers wanting to hold on to the child's umbilical cord forever. The silver pieces made by a process called lost wax casting uh, costs just under $200 and can be purchased on her website. No two stumps are alike, and the shape of each piece is entirely determined by the shape of the cord stump. It represents the connection between mother and child because it's literally the physical connection that is between you, Avra said, adding that once the stump falls off, the necklace is a symbolic way of commemorating that bond. So they're not actually wearing the actual yeah, I mean, stump. It's a cast, a cast uh, made yeah. out of silver. Okay. It's, okay. I, it doesn't make it... It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it less disgusting. Yeah, it does. If they're, I guess, yeah. Yeah, if okay, they're yeah, wearing yeah. a piece of... Rot, uh, not rotted, but dehydrated human flesh, you know, around their neck, that's a lot worse than a piece of silver cast in the shape of said object. Or a necklace of human ears. Hey, everyone's got their preferences. Uh, I can't wear a necklace of human ears. She can't wear a necklace made out of umbilical cord. But you can wear a necklace of cast human ears. Just don't explain where you got the ears. This is so gross. <laughs> so gross. Hey, man, you know, I'm behind it. Now that I know what it truly is, Right on. Okay. I, yeah, don't, yeah, don't, 
Don't get in my way. I won't get in yours. How about that? See, when I read the the headline for this one, yeah, I got a completely different image in my head. Yeah, like I thought wrap, you know wrapping around their necks and stuff. Like the that. full I th- I would imagine a full umbilical cord that had been dehydrated, and they were wearing it like a long chain, just gross. Yeah, it was like what? It's gross. All right. Next thing you know, a new trend occurs in uh, mothers eating the, their own placentas after child's birth. Oh, man. I'm going to move on to the next story. Professional Mermaid says creepy merverts are the worst part of the job. Merverts. All right, we're on board. Then. A professional mermaid is being bombarded with unwanted attention from merverts who have a sexual fetish for the aquatic creatures. <laughs> Stephanie Norman, 32, makes a living by performing as a mermaid called Reina and even has a $25,000 collection of tails. Girl's got a lot of tail. But she has attracted the attention of cyber creeps asking to, quote, hump her belly. (laughs) (laughs) You you know that's a real person, right? Right. (laughs) You don't have to do the belly bit. You don't have to play with the belly button. <laughs> oh, wow. I couldn't get past that one. Oh, man. Um, and there's one who told her, you're delicious even without any tartar sauce. Oh. That's weird as shit, isn't it? <laughs> That's a little Ed Gainsey. Yeah. Another said, hello, I would like to date a to date with a mermaid, but I'm married? Okay. And one leered, I love to watch you swim. All right. Anyway, former elementary school teacher Norman uh, even had to call the police after being stalked by a weirdo weirdo who read about her unusual career in a newspaper. Are are the cops at the door? Okay. I thought maybe they were coming after me. Um, Quote, we do get unwanted attention often sexual in nature, and we call those people perverts. <laughs> Unfortunately, women in general on social media tend to get sexually harassed, and mermaids are no different. She said, it tends to go on in clusters when I post a YouTube video or photo. I probably get about uh, 10 or more in a month. Sometimes it does happen in person, too. I've had to learn a lot of lessons the hard way, she continued. Uh, I've been swimming with sharks, and, <laughs> and that, to me, is not as scary as dealing with some of these aggressive men. Just some just pe- some people just imagine relationships that aren't there. Ow. Rebecca Felgate. Oh. Close. Moving on. No, I'm depressed. But merverts, huh? Yeah, the, the, uh, I, I like it. The term to me sounds like it should be, it would be a mermaid that's a pervert, not a pervert who's into mermaids. You're right. You're right. That does sound, yeah. But I mean, I do like the word. Yeah, yeah it, it's creative. I just wonder if there's going to get a time. If you identify as a mervert, can you say, like, that's our word now? <laughs> you can't use that word. That's our word. You can't use mervert. You can't use mervert. I'm offended by, by using mervert. So now, does that mean mervert is going to become a new sexual identity? I, I, it's possible. Wake up tomorrow. I've... Identify as a mervert. Anyway, do you use an iPhone or Android? Android. Okay. Uh, 
iPhone users are more vain than Android users. I bet you thought this news story was about you, didn't you? Did you actually read this? No. Article? Okay. Because that's the very first line is, you're so vain, you probably think the survey is about you. Yeah, it's a song lyric. I know that. A new survey shows that iPhone users make more money and can be considered more spendthrift than their Android counterparts, but they are also more image conscious. Ooh. Conducted by Slick Deals, a survey shows that iPhone Slick users... Deals? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a vain company right there. They probably have uh, have uh, iPhones. All right. This is creepy stats. Um uh, the survey shows that iPhone users make, on average, $53,251 a year, compared to $37,040 for Android users. The difference in income gets spent on a wide variety of image and beauty-related products, including $117 per month on clothing and $100 per month on technology and $82 per month in beauty and cosmetic products. Hmm. By comparison, the Android user spends $62 per month on clothing, $50 per month on technology, and $40 per month on basic, on, I'm sorry, beauty and cosmetic products. Hmm. This survey indicates that Android users are generally more frugal than their iPhone counterparts <laughs> and, and on the hunt for savings when shopping. Uh, Slick Deal CEO Josh Myers said in a statement, Meanwhile, iPhone users tend to spend more, particularly on items related to self-image, such as clothing and cosmetics. The difference in spending habits doesn't stop there, though. The survey, which interviewed 1,000 iPhone users and 1,000 Android users, shows that the iPhone users would rather spend their weekend nights out and about with friends, while Android users prefer to be curled up on the couch watching TV, movie, or reading a book. Wow, they went on a stretch with this. There's so much more data here, man. I mean, anybody who's ever tried to chase the newest uh, Samsung Galaxy phone knows that they're just as fucking pricey as the the iPhones. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. iPhone users also take more leisure trips per year, taking four on average, compared to three for Android users. I get three leisure trips a year? Shit. Yeah. Well, I'm, I've got three coming, and I'm almost out of year. That's, yeah, that's, new, that's news to me. Uh, those who have iPhones take 12. Okay, there's, here's the good stuff. Those who have iPhones take 12 selfies per day on average compared to seven for Android users. Holy fucking behind the game. Do you, yeah, do you guys take that many selfies in a day? Look, yeah, EK no. shaking his head. Yeah. Wow. I think this is just. Yeah. I don't take seven selfies in a year. All right, uh, iPhone users also send 58 texts per day and uh, and spend, on average, four hours and 54 minutes looking at their phone. Android users send 26 texts a day and spend just three hours, 42 minutes on day on average. Hmm. Overall, we've seen a rapid shift from desktop to mobile shopping for consumers, said Myers, with people spending at least five hours a day on their phone. Continued migration towards mobile seems most inevitable. Almost inevitable. Though smartphone usage has been linked to depression in the past, it appears as if iPhone users are generally happier than Android users. Bill! Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, Bullshit! (laughs) Uh, They attribute it to the fact that the iPhone and Android users generally appreciate different things and have contrasting personality traits. Oh, wow! Hashtag pseudoscience. (laughs) Hashtag... Making division where there isn't. Pound the division they're, where there isn't. There's, they're both smartphones. 
Yeah. Both can be pricey. All right. Well, we made fun of Australia. You want to make fun of England? Sure. All right. After 37 jellyfish stings, a rotting tongue, and neck wound, swimmer circumnavigates Great Britain. Okay. A British swimmer became the first person to circumnavigate the whole of Great Britain, a 1,791-mile challenge that took him 157 days. How, what was the length of the challenge? 1,791 miles. Hmm. Hundreds of spectators cheered as long-distance swimmer Ross Edgley, 33, swam ashore in Margate on Sunday, touching dry land for the first time since June 1st. I got out of the water and thought, this is going to be amazing. I'll run in like Baywatch, he told the <laughs> Guardian shortly after completing the feat. The, the reality is, is that I'm really chubby now, really hairy, and I had a pink town buoy. I don't know what that means. When I made it to dry land, I was just relieved I didn't fully fall over. <laughs> Edgley's journey consisted of swimming about 12 hours a day in two six-hour stints. He endured 37 jellyfish stings, a rotting tongue, suspected torn shoulder, and an open neck wound from chafing. Yeah. The darkest wow. moment. I love this. The darkest moment came during, during a night swim in the Gulf of Cory Vrecken just off the coast of Scotland, when a giant jellyfish attached itself to Edgley's face for about 30 minutes. Oh, shit. At no point did he lose his stride. <laughs> Must the, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Right. <laughs> the sting was searing into my skin. It wrapped around my goggles, he told the Guardian. This fat, giant jellyfish of Scotland, he's just calling everybody fat, <laughs> of Scotland and its tentacle had been slapping me in the face for half an hour. <laughs> which threw a giant whirlpool. It was brutal, but it couldn't. But you couldn't stop. The best moment, Edgley said, was when he was accompanied by a female mink whale for about five miles. He said it probably mistook him for an injured seal. <laughs> and they'll do that. They'll protect you, him. You doing okay? Yeah. You all right? Oh, wait. You ain't who I thought. I'm out of here. It was amazing, but it... It didn't end up coming to Margate. I hope she, I hope she writes to me. Speaking of the whale, <laughs> uh, according to the Guardian, Edgley consumed between ten thousand and fifteen thousand calories each day, wolfing down pizza, pasta, rice pudding, six hundred ten bananas, and three hundred fourteen cans of Red Bull. Oh man, why, dude? Quote: There's not, there's not many places you can come in and people are asking you to sign bananas. He told the BBC. <laughs> That sounds like a euphemism. I hope, yeah, I hope you're talking about the fruit. Edgley admitted he, to the Guardian, that he got choked up when 300 fellow swimmers joined him in the final kilometer. That's cool. Right. It was like, I would do that. Like the scene of Forrest Gump. Yeah. I'm pretty tired. Want to go home now. Only with a British accent. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty tired. Won't go home now. Well, what are we going to do? Sorry, England. No, you're not. Okay. I just like trying to do it. Um, the superhuman feat is just the latest for the English daredevil, who has also climbed a rope the height of Mount Everest in one 19-hour sitting and ran a marathon while tethered to a Mini Cooper behind him. <laughs> the swim around Great Britain was the toughest of them all, he said. Hands down, it's the hardest. Hands down, the hardest thing. On so many levels, physical, mental, 
I felt a fatigue that I've never felt before. Yeah, swimming is rough, dude, especially like long distance. Mm-hmm. That's rough. In the sea? Yeah. With an open neck when motherfuckers are lucky he didn't become shark chow. Right? What an idiot. I understand. It's like I've I'm just not that interested in getting a headline or being that famous. I mean, right. I mean people who do like crazy stuff for notoriety. I mean, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Did your mother not hug you? Well, just jellyfish suck. And if there was a giant one attached to my face, I don't care. I'm getting out of the water. I don't care if it's Scotland or not. Yeah. I'm getting out. Screw the jellyfish. But that's a whole different thing. But, you know, again, did your mother not hug you? And if so, there are professional cuddlers out there who, for a nominal fee, will come over and just cuddle. Nothing sexual, just cuddle. What a waste of money. What a waste of money. But maybe it would prevent this guy from having to swim with a jellyfish attached to his face. Because maybe that's what he was looking for, was the cuddles. And he got it from the jellyfish. Jellyfish cuddles. Band name? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a punk band name. I was thinking like um, like jazz quartet. Jazz quartet? Yeah. The jellyfish cuddles. Ladies and gentlemen, the jellyfish cuddles. <laughs> 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 oh. All right, we got about seven minutes. Is that your way of trying to draw it out? Because if yeah, so, kinda. the last seven minutes of this show is going to blow. <laughs> exactly. We may have to end early. I got one more story, though. You know, I like to end on a happy note. Uh, for those of you who voted, good job. This has nothing to do with that. I was just <laughs> I got the cart before the horse here. My, Accolades. My my brain's a mess. Um Hero Puppy who protected owner from Rattlesnake wins Dog of the Year Award. All right. Yeah. No, that's a good boy. He's such a big sweetie. He's a good boy. Uh who the, wants the bacon? <laughs> who gets the bacon? A good boy gets the bacon, that's right. The Arizona hero puppy who made national headlines this summer for protecting his owner uh, from a rattlesnake has been officially named the Dog of the Year by Dog Biscuit brand Milkbone. <laughs> he won the coveted Milkbone Award. On August 22nd, Todd the Golden Retriever puppy and his owner, Paula Godwin, received the inaugural Milkbone Dog of the Year Award at this. So you got a Milky? A Milky. <laughs> I got a milky. You like me. You really like me. Right now. Uh, this was the Streamy Awards in Beverly Hills, California. That's where this took place. Do you give the chance for the dog to make a speech? Anyway, back in July, uh, Todd, who was only six months old at the time, he made national headlines uh, for courageously jumping in front of Godwin's leg during a hike in... Antem, Arizona, shielding her from a rattlesnake that Godwin says surely would have bit her. As a result, the snake bit the brave pup right in the face. Right, oh, in his face. In his face. Holy fuck. Um, he was rushed to the animal hospital for treatment, and Todd received anti-venom medication and fortunately recovered, and the story of his heroic actions soon went viral online. I believe even we did a story on this, didn't we? I don't remember a dog taking a rattlesnake yeah, bite to the face. I'd I I rem I remember I would, that. I'd remember these pictures. Yeah, I don't think so. Sorry we missed it. 
Um, rushed to the hospital for treatment. Uh, you know, I already did that. Um, quote, this honor celebrates bravery, overcoming obstacles, and strong personality and loyalty traits that make all dogs truly special. Reps for Milkbone and, and, stream, and the Streaming Awards said in a joint press release. Um, the, what, the what awards? The, uh, the Streamy Awards. Streamy? Yeah, I'm not sure what that is. In, uh, they're, I'm calling him Milky. He won a Milky. He won a Milky. So, you know, Rattlesnake Venom's necrotic. Was there any does pictures of the dog's face? Is he, like, disfigured from this? Um, Currently, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Poor doggy. Poor doggy. You um, deserve that, Milky Buddy. Quote, we are so honored to win the first ever Milk Bone Dog of the Year honor. Oh, he's the first one. First one, yeah. Uh, to be part of the celebration like this is so rewarding since the Streamies is typically a people-only awards show, Godwin said. Uh, quote, we are truly grateful and blessed. Todd will be celebrating with lots of milk bone treats. <laughs> and uh, to your owner, I hope you allow him to sleep on the bed with you now. I think he's earned it. <laughs> so, no, I mean, you got it. It's never been that way. Sorry, you got to put your foot down. You've never been on the bed. Never were allowed on the bed before. Just because you get bit in the face by a rattlesnake doesn't mean you get to get on the bed. Come on now. If I hadn't taken this rattlesnake uh, rattlesnake bite, you wouldn't have a foot to put down. His son and son of Sam begins. <laughs> 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 you better let me on that bed, or I'm going to tell you to kill people. <laughs> Couples. Anyway, there's a lot of people out there that can't afford a $500 dose of antivenom. And their pets die because of it. Uh, she took inspiration from Milkbone's honor for Todd's Halloween costume this year and dressed him in a Milkbone <laughs> box. Put him up like like he's on the face of the Milkbone box. And I uh, think, That's cute. That's cute. Good dog. Yeah, his face is all messed up. I mean, it's, these are like post-attack shots. Right. Ow, right on the... Right side of his snout. Yeah. Poor good doggy. Uh, that looks like it's still healing from the whole thing. Yeah. It, I'm, what I'm saying is there any long-term effects that I'm you I'm sure there is. Uh, it looks like his snout is a little bit misshapen. Like still. he had a stroke on that side? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, because, you know, it rattlesnake venom. Mm-hmm. Necrotic. Yep. Necrotic. Not unlike your grandmother, but that's neurotic, not necrotic. Good doggy. Good doggy. Okay, we got about one minute left. I think it's good enough time to call it. Um, be sure to look for us on social media. Uh, Facebook, we're on Shock Monkey Radio Redux. Um, you can email me at madman at fxbgpr.com. Check out my YouTube channel, Madman Lowercase, or search for FXBG Public Radio. I'm sure you can find it. And please, please become a patron over on patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. How about you? Uh, Hill Hippie, you have anything you want to add? Yeah, don't forget to go to Teespring and pick up your FXBG Public Radio t-shirt with the Shock Monkey logo on the back. Yeah, it's uh, Teespring. There's links on the website that, that you can follow for the Shock Monkey Radio. You go to FXBG Public Radio, uh, cl- uh, click your way into, uh, what, what are they called, shows? Current, Current shows. shows. Find Shock Monkey Radio. And there's a couple links down there where you can get there, our mugs, our t-shirts, hoodies, and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And so I'm the Madman. This has been Shock Monkey Radio, and I love you. And I'm the Hill Hippie wishing you all peace and love. And no slugs. Don't eat it.